0: Al Pacino plays the dynamic and vigorous teamsters president Jimmy Hoffa in Martin Scorsese's gangster picture The Irishman. A huge chunk of the lengthy runtime of the film is dedicated to Hoffa's battles with the government during his court trials, including when a gun was pulled on him in the middle of a hearing, and of course, when he is eventually found guilty of jury tampering, attempted bribery and fraud, and is sent to prison. There are some incredible stories about Jimmy Hoffa, and in particular the methods he and his team of expert lawyers used to ensure they would win their cases in court, which most of the time, they did. Naturally, there's only so much of Hoffer's life the Irishman is able to include, so it misses out on many of the juicy details in Hoffer's time in the courts and in the run-up to his eventual incarceration. One such story is the incredible way Hoffer managed to squeeze himself out of a prison sentence when the McClellan committee went after him. The committee was initially formed in 1957, with its main target, the then Teamsters president, Dave Beck. According to Walter Sheridan, a close associate of Bobby Kennedy, Hoffer apparently secretly gave Kennedy evidence of crimes that Beck had been involved in, In order to get him out of the way and thus grab the position of Teamster's president for himself. But that's a story for another day, as during the mid to late 50s, Hoffer managed to slip and squeeze himself out of several McClellan committee trials after he had become president. To paint the picture, Hoffer was obsessed with finding out the inner workings of the committee and what they knew about him. He was concerned about how much they knew about several illegal business ventures he had carried out. As such, in February 1957, Hoffer contacted a lawyer named John Cheesty, who had a speciality in carrying out investigations. Hoffer told Cheesty that the McClellan committee was hiring investigators, and if he took a job with the committee and secretly told Hoffer about what was going on in their investigations, Hoffer would pay him a great deal of cash every month. It's thought that the deal worked out was $2,000 a month for an entire year, which would total to $24,000. Hoffer even gave Chasty a down payment of $1,000. However, due to his impatience, Hoffer had not carried out a competent background check on Chasty, who it turned out was a patriotic American and an honest man, and he immediately reported Hoffer's scheme. Bobby Kennedy hired Chiesty at the committee, at a salary of £5,000 a year interestingly, and Chiesty set up a meeting with Hoffer, saying that he had documents that contained sensitive committee information and asked for another cash payment. Of course, the meeting was being recorded by the FBI, and when Hoffer showed up near the DuPont Circle in Washington and handed £2,000 in cash whilst taking the documents, FBI agents flooded the scene and he was immediately arrested on the spot. This is an actual photograph of Chasty and Hoffer during the exchange, with Chasty having slipped Hoffa the documents. Hoffa had been caught red-handed, and, as Bobby Kennedy put it, who at the time was serving as chief counsel to the McClellan committee, it was an a-tight case. He even famously remarked to a reporter, after being asked what he would do if Hoffa was acquitted in court, that he would jump off the Capitol, if that were to be the case. Come the arrival of the trial four months later in Washington, and the jury happened to be made up of eight black people and four whites. Hoffer and his attorney, Edward Bennett Williams, struck only white jurors in the jury selection process, and he had a black female lawyer flown in from California to be a part of his counsel team. He also set up a newspaper aimed at the African-American community called the Afro-American to run a piece that called Hoffer, and I quote, a champion of the Negro race, and in this piece contained a photo of Hoffa's legal team, which of course included the black lawyer who had come from California. A copy of this newspaper was then sent to the homes of each of the black jurors on Hoffer's trial. As if this wasn't enough to get the jury on his side, one of Hoffer's contacts in the criminal world, Chicago's Red Dorfman, arranged for the legendary African-American boxing champion, Joe Louis, to be flown from his home in Detroit all the way to Washington. When he arrived in court, he and Hoffer hugged in front of everyone to see as if they were old buddies, and Louis stayed in court and watched the trial for several days. Before the trial, the two men had never met. When Chiesty performed his testimony, Bennett Williams asked him if he had ever officially investigated the NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Coloured People, a civil rights organisation to advance justice for African-Americans. Despite Cheesty denying this, Williams had planted the seed in the minds of the black jurors, and incredibly, as a result of the tricks and gamesmanship Hoffa and Williams had played, Hoffer was acquitted, and despite being caught red-handed during a sting operation in which there was photographic evidence of his crime, he got off scot-free to add insult to injury in a deliciously bold finishing touch. Edward Bennett Williams sent a wrapped box with a ribbon to Bobby Kennedy, and in it was a toy parachute, referencing of course Kennedy's promise to jump off the Capitol building if Hoffa won the trial. This incredible display of courtroom tactics were just some of the many dirty and dubious tricks Hoffa and his team of lawyers implemented in order to keep the Teamsters president out of prison. The information from this video comes from the book *The Irishman* is based off, Charles Brandt's *I Heard You Paint Houses*, for which I've included an Amazon link in the description below. If you want to hear more of Hoffa's legendary courtroom shenanigans, consider subscribing to the channel. And thanks for watching.